0: Because nobody puts Zach got, in a corner He got Z- Gandalf pole dancing on his butt crack <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Bros Bibles and Beer It's Jeff, it's episode 170 Sorry, I've been gone a little bit Andy, how's it going? Ah, river trash <laughs> What? <laughs> Zach, the Lord giveth Scott and the Lord taketh Scott away And uh, Scott, once again Scott? All right. Yeah. So Scott is gone on all even even podcasts now, any prime numbered podcast, uh any podcast that ends in five. Uh so you know, <laughs> that leaves about sixteen podcasts that Scott's been here for in the last forty podcasts.
2: I'll take your word for it. Although I do hate numbers, so
1: yeah, I'll take your word for it. Well. Well, I'm the sober one because I'm spin drifting right now, but that'll be over soon.
2: Still on that wagon. Over soon as in you've got a plan for the near future.
1: I've got a plan for for the drinks that you have in your hand. Oh. I'm going to take my straw and put it in your milkshake and I'm going to (laughs) drink it all up. (laughs) Which is from? There will be blood. Mm. Is
0: spin drift a play on words with spin thrift?
2: It's
1: got to be right. It's not cheap. So I don't know what spin thrift is. Well, thrift spend, isn't in the title, so.
2: Spin thrift. Joke's on you.
1: Wait, what? It doesn't say thrift. But he I mean, was it saying say it's a play on either. word. He's playing play on words. What does it say? Spin drift.
2: Spin. S-P-I-N? S-
1: yes. Yeah. Spin drift.
3: Mm.
2: Maybe, Maybe they like take the, the juice and they put it in a centrifuge. And it spins around and around and around as and I'm doing the hand motion. drifts, drifts around. There. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get just the good stuff without all the calories.
1: Yeah. It's starting to be unfortunate. Spindrift, if
2: you want to sponsor us, you know, we're, we're I don't know. I'll speak for myself. I am a whore and I will. I'll drink it. <clears throat> I'll drink it and I'll take your money to hawk it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer, potentially in the future, someday brought to you by Spindrift. (laughs) How's that sound, Spindrift? Sound good to you? Mm, Rolls off the tongue nicely. Uh, Okay. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? We went to Bros, Bibles, and Bourbon tonight. Yeah. Oh, nice.
2: We've got some Maker's Mark, and then um, that one's almost done, and I'm sure we might tap into a little bit of Maker's Mark 46, which is 40... 5 more than the first one, right? I yeah. don't know what that means. Yes. Again, I hate numbers. But <laughs> um but Jeff, you're drinking Spender if we got this. I actually we got some beer to taste, some special beer that Andy got when he was on his annual family trip. You
0: want to say something about that real quick, Andy? Yeah, that's the river trash I was talking about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's the it was the for me the 20th annual river camping trip with the family. And which boys, we've been up there before together as gentlemen and lovers. It was cold. My was, nipples were hard. It was chilly.
1: Kernville, the, Wait, cur- the Kern River. We were did off season. S- did he? Did he say lovers? It you, was hear a, what, you hear what you want to hear. John. Yeah, you hear what you want to hear. <laughs> it, w- it was a
0: man trip. Uh, yeah, was I in the wrong rowboat? But it does. There's an or attraction. Maybe the right
2: rowboat.
1: Maybe you were
0: in the right one.
2: Mm. Andy had a little bit of the Cosby pudding he was passing
1: around, so oh, you might not remember geez. much. Okay, you
0: want to go to the river? <laughs> <laughs> it puts the pudding in the river. <laughs> that was the end of the podcast. All right, yeah. So we got to see some river trash up there, but I also had some beer. I had some Kern River Bruco, just outstanding IPA, and something was weird with it this year. It was not just outstanding. There was I don't know what they Wait, did. on draft? No, it was in, in a, can? a can. It was in a can. And
1: something was different? Something was weird about it. I don't know. It didn't... Oh, weird in a bad way. Not good. Okay.
0: Not a good weird. Um. Okay, so, but what I did do is I stopped by. We took, the, we took the route that goes through Bakersfield, California. There should be an opener over there.
1: Just beautiful, beautiful land. If nobody's ever seen it, it's just... My it's, home. It's brown and My there's hometown. oil wells here and there. That's oil country, boy. Yeah. That's where... That's where uh, There Will Be Blood was born out of.
0: Kind of. It's where Grapes of Wrath Mm. saw its action. So what I did do is I stopped off at a place called Dionysus Brewery. And Dionysus Brewery is famous for their sour beers. And sour beers are definitely... Oh, there's some sediment in there. Is this the barrel-aged one? What are we
1: drinking? So Zach is poured.
2: It is, by chance, I grabbed one without looking... It is the barrel-aged, super-funkadelic.
0: My yes. eyes are terrible. Uh, oh, a Goza-style ale. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is, they're they're famous for their award-winning sour beers. And it's actually the sour beer that got me into sour beers. I didn't know what I was doing. And I tried one once, and it was hot as really? balls in it was for a, a family reunion. And I was like, all right, I'll give this thing a try. And it was delicious and refreshing. And it, it was so sour, it made you squint your eyes. So, this one's a barrel aged one. I, I picked up a few special ones there. A Goza style ale brewed with sea salt and coriander,
2: aged in oak barrels for over a year with great, oh, with spent apricots, sweet peaches, and additional fresh apricots. Wow.
1: That's what my grandpa used to call my grandma.
0: Sweet peaches.
1: <laughs> and for the listener, if just if you've ever poured some ten forty oil, ten forty oil into your engine, yeah, that's, Dude. that's what they're drinking right now.
0: It is incredible though. Oh, I just took my first sip. I'm envious now.
2: Well, you're not gonna like it. I will give you a sip of mine. Wow. You dirty,
0: dirty COVID. Can mouth. you taste the honey? <laughs> Which is probably from the peaches. Sweet peaches.
2: Yeah, and the the oak adds a character to it. Having yes. had the regular super funkadelic, it still definitely hits you back in those little whatever those sour glands are back there. I don't know if it's a gland, but right in your lymph nodes. Pretty sure that's the only time a gland <laughs> it's has been mentioned. Technical here. But uh, wow, it does hit you in the sours, and um, <laughs> I got hit in the sours once. It hurt for. A <laughs> I thought I was gonna throw up.
1: Just just got my sours grazed. Uh, oh. Just- just, Just tweak the edge of one of my it's really hurting.
2: But there's something about when it's hot, even if you, if it's not your thing, if it's really cold, if it's hot, but the beer is really cold, something about that sea salt. There's mm. there's a little saltiness to the sour. It can be uh, quite refreshing. So, drink responsibly, folks. Okay, but. It's worth trying a sour.
0: Yeah. So if you can get yourself to Dionysus, I don't think they have a distribution deal. So it might be tough for you to find one in your nearby home. Actually, I think Bottlecraft maybe down in La Jolla has it. At any rate, Dionysus Brewery, if you're ever going through Bakersfield, stop off, have a pint or two and uh, pick up some bottles or
1: crowlers to go. Their stuff is good. And tell them you heard them on Bros Bibles and Beer, and you'll get a discount of $0. Yeah, yeah, just tell them
0: that. (laughs) And look at the blank stare. (laughs) So what do you guys
2: think about... I said my, my intro was... Fully loaded. The Lord giveth Scott, and he taketh Scott away, which is one of the first things that Job says, is that the Lord gives and he takes away. And, of course, I think it's a Tomlin song where we've got... Um, Matt Redman. Matt Redman, okay. I'm pretty sure you could just, like... could you, just you swap, sw- If you, just you squint your them? eyes, you yeah. can't tell the difference. Yeah.
0: Uh, sorry to anybody that's... Redman's, Redman's not as bad as Tomlin.
2: But, uh, oh, 10,000 Reasons. Oh, my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bless that Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord gives and takes away. You know, I'm used to that chorus. He gives and takes away. Um, my heart will surely, will, will surely say, blessed be your name. Deck it, deck it, name. <laughs> Dude, I have a gnarly story about that. But that that's, that statement, he gives and takes away. I don't know. Quick thoughts. Yeah. We, we don't have to linger. Like, it's, what do you think about that?
1: It feels like a contradiction. Does God, Does well, I guess. I mean, I don't mean the give and take, but I mean, then does does he give and Does he give and take? That's my question. Right. But I I don't, I don't think that's the case. But we've got a, one of the biggest worship
2: songs of the early aughts, I think, or was that pre 2000, but uh, early mid aughts and uh, somebody owes me money now. They said I would never use aught in a sentence in this podcast, but I just did suck it. Uh, it's like repeated in a chorus and we're mm-hmm. like, it's like a mantra of like, oh, God gives and takes away. File it next to maybe God works mysterious ways when things don't go well. But I have kind of a negative view on that statement now, whereas before I would have probably just thought not much of it. Like,
1: oh, oh yeah. Old Testament, definitely giving and taking. Yeah. New Testament, no. Not giving and taking. I don't know. Giving everything and you're going to end up taking from yourself if you don't live. This is this where I wish life.
2: Scott were here. Cause I know I'm going to, yeah. he's not going to listen, but were he to, he would get a fire lit under his ass is there's the verse. You just reminded me of is, um, that basically paraphrasing a Deuteronomy phrase. It, Jesus says, God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous and the wicked. Um, and in Deuteronomy, what it actually says is the righteous get the rain, the wicked get the dust. And so he kind of he takes that verse and like shifts it. Some might say change it. Although I know that's what that would freak Scott out and say Jesus never contradicted or changed the Old Testament; he confirmed it. But at least on the face, without doing a whole lot of digging at this moment, uh, switching it from rain for all or to rain for all from you get if you're bad you get dust if you're good you get rain that's a that's a good shift but you reminded me of that jeff
1: okay uh,
0: i remember 15 years ago and <clears throat> we were coming back to visit our old church in santa barbara and they were they typically had evening services and not that that's relevant but um I care deeply about what time of service I go to church. You might not and you might not see the dust. Four o'clock. <laughs> the but the drummer that was playing was a good friend of of mine and they were doing that song and at the time I knew that he had brain cancer and he was playing drums for that song in that moment and it felt very surreal to be watching and like engaging in worship as I'm watching a guy who, within the year, ended up dying of brain cancer hmm. that was um, uncurable. and he was he was thirty two.
2: And how was he like at the time? I mean, not the sickness, but was he in, was he engaged in the worship? Was he just playing? Was he in it?
0: Is, um, I mean, I'll, if you're asking, like, did I see him breaking down while he's trying to play this song? I I didn't see a lot of emotion coming out of him at the time. I mean, he seemed like he was engaged in it, but he was, he was a relatively even keeled guy in general, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think there was several of us who were catching all of the, the context that was happening in the moment and going, this is really hard for me to try to yeah. sing these, sing these lyrics in this moment Yeah, while I'm watching like this play out in real time. It was surreal.
2: Yeah. Man, that's rough,
0: yeah, because that actually uh what that ended up being, and I'm ballparking it at fifteen years, but that was the first uh the first encounter I'd had as an adult of someone that was a was more or less a peer who died early, like I hadn't experienced death in in that context before and um so that was like a very new type of experience. And it was strange to see it sort of happen in slow motion in some ways too. Cause it was over, I think it was over the course of like a year or two.
2: And so how does that make you like, what if that's the way it works? Like how does like, what if God does give and take away? Cause I, I have to acknowledge the possibility of that being a reality. Although I do not believe that is how God works but if that were true, it leads to all sorts of questions if we're going to follow the logic about the character of God that I think most Christians just don't do because that that would be too difficult. If God is somebody that uh, gambles on life and death gam- death, I just said death. Wow, life and death gambling for Job, where Satan, whether it's the actual dark Lord himself or herself, uh, or it's a member of a court that's just the the accuser. Either way, like okay, yeah, I bet you that Job's not gonna Job will not curse me, but you can mess with everything about him in his life, including, you know, according to the story, real bunny ears. I'm quoting, uh, real people. Just don't touch Job. Like, if God's like that, I got I got issues with that.
1: But maybe someday I'll be humbled. Well, I think part of this goes with uh, those that say, well, God's got a plan. Yes, there may be a, a master plan, um, but the idea of God taking something away and then you say, you just go to the default. Well, God's got a plan. It, it That is a part of God give and, and taketh. And I mean, in some people's minds, I think, but, um, I was looking this idea that you have Zach and somebody said you, God may take, but, and you think I'm on this path. It could be a relationship. It could be a job. And then it's gone. And you felt like God was presenting that, but it was taken away. but, God replaces it with something better. If you are really present and listening and following and being faithful. When God closes a door, he opens a window that you can jump out of. (laughs) (laughs) You better have a parachute. Oh
0: man. So uh, that's good. uh, Along the lines of that, what first came to mind, I think the, the God has a plan statement is good. Did you want to finish up something before? No, go ahead. Okay, it reminded me of this, which is like in terms of the God takes away the connection that I I drew was um, the pastor of our church. We can, all, everyone's church in this room. We can say that now that Scott's not here. Everyone in this room goes to this church. Yeah, the only true and Catholic holy church. <laughs> uh, it was he described God's wrath as basically like God kind of removing his safety measures that he's put in place and that your actions have got consequences. Yeah. They've come to the place where it's like, okay, God is taking the safety off the gun and now you've, you've chosen to pull the trigger and he's kind of giving you over to your own devices, which in my mind connects to God has a plan and in the same breath we can function outside of
1: God's plan. Absolutely. And that's what I meant earlier that we could end up taking, yeah, what god has given to us in in through our own free will and poor decisions or good decisions things yeah. could end up i i put a large emphasis
2: i put a large emphasis on human agency uh of god not subverting uh, our choices you know that's where i'm at. i'm at right now usually when i hear god has a plan i hear and generally i think people mean god has got a blueprint And that's where I'm like, no, God has a, if God exists, God has a will and he, he might have a plan, but plans get subverted all the time for
0: better or worse. And that's a good way to put it is it it isn't, it isn't a perfect, like step-by-step, uh, blueprint document that God has created. It, the plan, like, um, we talked about this maybe a few episodes ago Jeremiah 29:11 for I know the plans I have for you plans for you to prosper. It was it was point it was less about you're the individual and I've mapped out that you're going to grow up to be a civil engineer and at age 36 and a half you will have twins and they will be like that's not the plan that's referring to it is an end goal plan which is ultimately you know, X thousand years from now, I want my, this is where I want my people to go. And you are part of that plan. And there's freedom within that. And there's, there's, and it's a range.
2: Yeah. And it comes amidst like a literal exile and enslavement. Um, I could be wrong, but let's just say to the Babylonians uh, and the prophets are like, Hey, the shit's hitting the fan right now, but basically take heart, have hope, Uh, one foot in front of the other as it were Uh, providing hope prophetic hope so
0: I think I wonder if if we were going to like tie it all together nicely and neatly the takeaway part I I could see one interpretation of that would be God effectively removing the safeties of his that that he's put in place which which is interpreted as God's wrath so maybe if we're if we're going to for the sake of discussion, let's say God taking away in the Matt Redman song could could also equate to God's wrath. Is that a jump? Do you feel like that's maybe not um, equivalent? I, take away, Yeah. Being wrath? Yeah. Um, I don't I, know that
2: Matt Redman had that in mind, but for the purposes of this conversation, I think it, it helps me. You know what? Let's just call grasp. him.
0: Hold on just a second.
2: Beep, boh, 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 let's boh, text boh. him.
0: Oh, this is Matt Redmond.
2: Is he In Is G- he British or yeah, is he Australian?
0: Who knows. <laughs> he's
1: well, got we'll one go of those weird accents,
2: am I right? He could be
1: <sighs> South African.
2: Um, yeah. No, I don't I don't hate that. It helps me swallow that begrudgingly. Like I don't I don't like it on its face, but uh, the idea of wrath being interpreted as like consequences for actions that it does make a lot of sense. And actually, um, if you feel like it's, it's weird, given that there there are some explicit verbiage, there is explicit verbiage in the old Testament about God's wrath being poured out and, and like basically God doing things. But if you put it behind the lens of natural consequences, natural consequences, it, it works every time, like a prophet calling people out saying God's going to do this. It's like, this is the the result of you trying to conquer and create kingdoms in a way that and, and behave in a way that's outside of what God had originally for you is going to result in war with your neighbors.
0: Well, and there's themes of it throughout the Bible where um, the language is used as like God gave them over to their sin. Right. Like we, and... I can't remember any of those right now, but just trust me, you guys, that's in the Bible.
2: Yeah, there's a tough one about uh, the vessels of wrath and vessels of destruction. Nope, vessels of wrath and the other one, that's not wrath. And that's Paul. I mean, that's a tough one, Talk basically using Pharaoh as an example about how it appears, and I think there's different ways to interpret that passage, but... On its face, it appears that Paul is saying that God made Pharaoh for destruction. Like, that was his purpose. But we'll leave that one alone, because right now I'm punching way Bob, pay
0: grade. And it's tough. It's tough to know how Speaking many of those are. Speaking is tough right now. <laughs> answer, <laughs> I just prophesied over <laughs> your Man, face. Man, you did it. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, where has God taken away from your life?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to segue, I'm going to segue to, uh, Catholicism. Um, and I guess this really isn't so good and it probably doesn't have anything to do with, uh, God giving or taking, although it might. Um, so my mom had passed away, uh, last July and it's been a little over a year oh. and we have been searching for like a way to do celebration of life and yeah. we haven't done anything. And, and so we've been calling her, her high school, which was a private Catholic school. And then they said, Hey, go, you know, there's the parish is right here. The church call them. They have like room for 500 people. So there'd be plenty of room and, they got back to us, and the really the the want was or the need was uh, one hundred fifty people, maybe yeah. uh, do a slideshow and have some pictures out, and people and um, have some people come speak. And they got back and and they said, uh, um, so maybe one picture, no slideshow, no music, two hundred dollars, and the only person that would be speaking is the priest. And we're like, okay, bye. Goodbye. Wow, I'm like, wow, they just went into like lockdown on on
0: on that. But part of me wants to book it on your behalf and and have no one show up and make sure that that priest speaks to an empty place. <laughs> <laughs> I might pay two hundred dollars just to go in there and be like, what are you going to talk about now, buddy? <laughs> Do it. Say the whole thing.
2: <laughs> just Andy in You're the just back. Be, making just
0: sure. I'm, be, standing in, I'm standing. I'm no, no. standing. No, no. I, gonna, I paid $200. <laughs> I want to hear the whole thing.
1: Andy's going to be back doing his best Al Pacino in uh, Devil's Advocate, sticking his finger in the oil with some uh, dry ice and just making it look like it's yeah. smoking. Maybe have some devil ears on or something like that. Devil horns. Devils
2: have ears? Hey, whenever, I will say, Jeff, whenever your mom comes up, I always get a little, whether or not I'm smiling on the outside, which I rarely do, I have an exceptional resting bitch face or dick face, no matter.
1: Okay. Continue. Uh, your like comments. different things. Enjoy go the ahead, visual. Go t- ahead. Your comments of talking about my mom. Go ahead.
2: Uh, it puts a smile on my face. Okay. Whether it's internally, it just, it makes my spirit smile. Me too. It's getting weirder now. The more I talk. Maybe stop talking for a while.
1: Well, it's been it But your mom was a ahead. delight. It's been almost a year. It has been a year. Yeah. It was so, a year a few days ago. And uh I had some like some people like oh, it's been a year. Like there was this yeah. there was this uh how people spoke to me about the day like it's been a year. It there was What does that mean for you? It was nothing. It, it was why? Why? Well, back back um, when my mom died, I I had this amazing like my mom did not, and I said this mm. you know a year ago. My mom lived a life of mm. just life, yeah. Like she was, she was all smiles. Mm. She brought smiles to people. It's. And, and, but she like gave that, Hmm. gave (laughs) sex over there spilling on himself, uh, gave that, uh, kind of DNA. Yeah. Um, to me. And so, and I don't want to, I'm like, I'm not going to like sit in sadness. My mom did not live that way. I'll going to carry this torch. Hmm. And so, you know, not too long after I'm like, I, I'm good. My mom passed. It's horrible. I want her yeah. back, but that's not happening. And my mom was kind of the, oh, a terrible thing happened. No, it didn't. We're, we're going to go right through this. Hmm. Um, not ignoring things, but realizing there's gravity to situations like someone dying. Yeah. But at the same time, finding somehow, I don't know, found, I found peace very quickly. And, and the, the moment of actually my mom dying, it took months Mm. to go away. Yeah. And now all I see is like her face with Mm. a smile and like, Mm. seriously, some like party hat on Mm -hmm. or something. And, but that was, and that's so great. And now like a year has passed and people are like, Oh, are you okay? I'm like, I'm like way past this in such a good way and now we just want closure having a celebration really allowing people to to come and talk and tell stories and and like
0: do you want people to ask you about how you're doing with her about
1: her asking no i mean i don't there's nothing for me to to share i mean like does it mean anything
0: I don't know, Zach. I, I I thought I thought it was right around this time, but I haven't like I haven't said anything to you recently about right. your mom. Right. I don't know if you did, Zach. Are both of us not good friends?
2: I did miss the anniversary, if that's what you're asking.
1: And and so what I wonder? Yeah, your name is still on the list. Yeah. I you know sniper time. He's putting his lipstick on right now. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead.
0: But is that? I, I I don't know. We've we've talked about this in the past. Like it's it's like a recognition. The recognition is meaningful. But I,
1: but it, maybe there's a time limit on that. No, I no, there's not. But and maybe I, you're
2: just neutral about it.
1: I am I am neutral about it. Um, I, I would, yeah. I, there's nothing like the emotions a couple of weeks ago I yeah. get really emotional I was with my wife uh, just thinking mm. about like I I realized I was now actually gonna get the opportunity to organize my mom's celebration and um my sister had you know we were when this happened, you know my my sister and I, we there's some ten there's some tension there, and we just it just kind of got to the point where it's like, well, we can't do this together, which stinks. But also, once I got the ability to like run free and organize and and realize like I'm we're going to be able to move forward and and celebrate my mom's life with other people with her family with her brothers and sisters and great friends and just people that she was connected with all all of a sudden this like massive amount of emotion came back that I didn't even realize I had been wow. holding on to like I have not been able to like move forward and did you realize that oh oh my gosh I was weeping hmm. and I I mean My wife knew what to do, which was just put her arm around me and just sit with me. But it was a good cry. Mm. And feels good, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And it was going back to when she had died. Mm. You know, there was this overwhelming sadness that she was gone. And then this was really an overwhelming joy of like, people are going, I will be able to stand in front of people Mm. and speak about her. Other people in her life, her family will be able to stand in front of people and speak about her and have closure. And, and she deserves Mm. that um, at the very least. And people loved her. Yeah. Uh, So um, that was, uh, that was good and healthy. And then we got to like, the anniversary of her dying. And I was like, mm. Oh yeah. It, it Yeah. It is. It is that day, but I didn't really think about it. I don't know
2: if that's going to be a pattern for you, but it, it's odd in my experience, um, having lost somebody, it's been a version of that. Like there's often very big emotions and then when the day comes, whether it's Father's Day for me or for you, maybe Mother's Day or just any big holiday or big birthday or whatever, any potential trigger point, like the day comes and more often than not, it's like, it's fine. It's not like a right. like I need to be, it's not like I'm crushed with emotion mm. and emotional weight. It's usually leading up to that, which can, it still catches me off guard. Mm. Uh, it sounds like it caught you off guard. And then once there's like a release and the waterworks come and it's therapy. I will say that the frustrating part about you, Jeff, and I mean this as a compliment, is that Jeff is the, how are you doing? How are you, one to five, how are you doing? I'm a 5.5, 5.5, easy, <laughs> at least a 5.5. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if I were to ask you when you're sobbing and there's snot coming down, and you're just like wrecked and just like, oh oh God, okay. Oh. Jeff, how you doing? Oh. <laughs>
0: five out of 5.5 <laughs> five
2: out of 5 again. So good, man. I'm so good right now. Like that's how you would have answered, um, which is really frustrating to me because I want you to curse God and uh, <laughs> at least
0: for a minute and then you can come out of it, but you don't. And I don't want to be ni- manipulative here, but and I think I know the answer. But if we're circling back to your your original question, um, let go and let
2: God. When, oh, no, no, different conversation. When
0: we lose, when we lose loved ones, do you do any of us associate that with God taking away? You know,
2: when we lost Shane, my theology was more in line with. I, I was never a Calvinist, but I would have been very okay with like, God's got a plan. This really sucks. Um, like n- thinking God had a plan. In my spec- the specificity of my pain helped at the time. I'll be honest; uh, I I would not say things or believe the same way that I do now. And in so- in a- in most ways, that experience planted seeds to change my faith and how I viewed the world, which I'm I'm thankful for now. But- By
0: that, do you mean that um, God has God has a plan? And part of that plan was losing Shane or God has a plan. And in spite of losing Shane, God's plan will prevail.
2: At the time, maybe I would have been open to all of it and been fine with all of it. And just, mm. just sort of leaning on friends and trusting. Um, I don't know. And Jeff, you're st- it's still relatively fresh. Like yeah. for me, my, me thinking about God and the way God might work in the world or how the world actually works it took years to really change. Uh but I do know that that was a that tragedy was a tra- was a uh catalyst.
1: That's so. a t- that is uh that is tough because it's different losing a child and losing your parent are two totally yeah different things because one is supposed to live outlive you. Yeah. And one you would expect that your parents would pass before you. But it's and,
2: like different categories in the grief Olympics. Where okay, right. you don't have to compare. But
1: it's certainly not a the the impact. Nobody I, watches fencing Zach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just,
2: yeah, uh, what, what's the analogy of fencing to grief? What would that be?
0: Never mind. Let's I'm, not do that. Swimming to
1: fencing. I, I, I certainly don't think God takes away our our loved ones, our friends, um, to teach us something. I think it's definitely how do we respond as believers? Do we like, I hate God. I'm going to hate God forever and ever and ever. And and I, I, maybe that's not the best response. But who knows? Maybe in all that hating and pushing away and putting up walls so you're like, I'm never letting God in again, Later on, 40 years from that point, all of a sudden, all of that were just the digging in life and creating a mess to where all of a sudden you have a great awakening and God used all of your crap and hate to create something incredible that nobody ever saw coming. Yeah, Or maybe it's as subtle as you know you just responding and hold on yeah you responding like my mom dying and me not too long after just having the realization that my she lived an amazing life she was a great person and for people to hear that maybe that is the window not that they're going to jump out of but the window that they see god like wow mm. like my my mom believed in God. My mom went to Catholic church. My mom instilled some really great qualities in myself and my sister. And, and one of those things was, you know, for me was to be like, I'm just kind of positive and I have energy that came from my mom. And in those terrible moments, like, yeah, I'm a 5.5 out of five. It was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Absolutely. And people would say, where does that come from? I'd say, God somehow has passed something through Mm -hmm. my grandmother to my mom, to me. That is an amazing gift that I cannot, I cannot not use it because that would be awful. And it's great to just be on top of the mountain and just, be getting your knees knocked out from me and be like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna stay here and we're gonna fight on. Mm. That's kind of the fun part of living this life.
2: I have the subtitle for your book. I don't know what the title is, but the subtitle is Foundi- Finding the Mountaintop Moments in the
0: Mundane. Mm. And the title of the book is Balls to the Wall.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So one, one more thing and then maybe we can move yeah. on if you guys want to. Which, what,
0: uh, how is that scene even what? Balls to the wall? Who even does that?
2: I don't know. Like if you take <laughs> that literally. <laughs> what what does that even mean? Just, just stay right there. There comes just the mallet <laughs> jumping off the wall and making Why? sure his balls made contact every time.
0: Why would you do that? What, I don't
2: know. Picture that. It's not or you're If you know the etymology as a listener of "balls to the wall," go ahead and leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash bbbpod. Thank you. That's three B's. Now
1: I I bet it's a sports reference. Oh, like
0: you're going for the uh, home run and you're going to try to catch it and you run into the wall. (laughs) It's probably a highlight. I think it's from hockey. Highlight highlight reference. There's no wall. So sorry. No,
2: it's all right. Um, the The phrase, oddly enough, the phrase. Uh, not everything doesn't happen for a reason, but everything happens is way more helpful to me mm-hmm. than uh, he gives God gives and takes away, mm-hmm. well, or God has a plan in this.
1: So, you just wanted us to kick around that you know f- phrase so then you could just kind of come over the top and be like, you know what, that didn't even matter, you guys. We're just twiddling our thumbs Uh, around my topic.
0: No, and no, I just thought of it. Like (laughs) I think I think God can have a plan in the middle of stuff, and I think that there plenty of things happen outside of God's plan. So in spite of God having a plan, God's plan is not is not controlling. We've talked about like the concept of God can't. And so free will alone implies that. Uh, God has set up a system that allows for things to operate outside, allows us as humans to operate outside of his plan. Right. Right. So I'm okay with that. I will say this. The one thing while you were talking, Jeff, that stuck out in my head was I've experienced both reactions, like both sides of the reaction to people who have demonstrated really strong faith in the midst of tragedy, meaning, I've been impressed and I've been off put. Mm. And usually the off put is like, you're not questioning this enough. You're not real. You're just like glossing it over and being like, well, you know what? God is good and it doesn't matter. I and, will back you up. That's exactly what that person sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time. And, it and, and the other one is this sucks and God is good. And I think that, I resonate with that kind of statement. Yeah, so much more.
2: That's like the secret wisdom of it. I I confess, me not liking the uh, original statement um, "gives and takes away." I I grew up taking everything pretty literally that I read in the Bible. Yeah, and and so even now, the the reason it's triggering is because there is that baggage from mm. the past where things are hyper literal. But if you do a thirty thousand foot view of this phrase, it can be true in all kinds of different contexts. Um, there's almost like a stoicism to it, where it's like I I can't control the day to day, like whether like there's a there's a non Christian or an atheist version of this kind of wisdom that would be super helpful. It's like life can throw a lot of things at you. Um, life gives, takes away. The universe gives, takes away. Like no matter how much what's no matter what the literal tr- truth is behind why things happen the acknowledgement of i cannot control this and so what what's the next step how do i thrive now in my current circumstance there's that's like the deep wisdom that I, that i can agree with about that phrase
1: my last comment and it is towards yours and to what andy said and that is the person who says I uh, you know God's good and I'm moving. It's, there's no humanness to that it just doesn't seem like there's like you're not reacting like a human would react we were given emotion mm. we were given like you don't have to be crying All you could be holding it inside sure. but someone holding it inside would not I wouldn't think would say well, well God's good it's like you either like there's a person who shuts down yeah. and clams up and you they go in a cave and you don't see him for months because they're devastated and they don't want to share yeah. and be emotional in front of people and then you know there's the the other side but still with that and that you're getting this reaction um, to you know some something devastating but uh, the I, I like anyway
0: I like people being honest with recognizing the the pain of the tragedy. And recognizing the goodness of God in the middle of the pain of that tragedy. And if you can hold those two things in tension, it's not always easy to do. I will say this. I think it's I think it's a sign of maturity when you can take those things to God and like be angry with God about them.
2: I agree. Allah, many of the psalms. Yeah, there's plenty of anger in there, and Ecclesiastes, man. What if we only had Ecclesiastes? Everything is meaningless, <laughs> except for like that's that whole book. Everything is meaningless. It doesn't
0: matter. Well, that is where the the rain falls on the on the righteous and the wicked.
2: I think there's some of that in there, but I think I don't know if when that was written compared to Deuteronomy. I'm guessing Deuteronomy was first, and maybe the author is pulling from that, but. Aside from the very end where there's a little... I think it was tacked on after the fact by an editor where there's a little bit of a nod to like, but, you know, but seek after God. And, you know, I don't remember what it says, but there's a little bit of like, let's just put a little bow on this book because this thing is depressing. We need something at the very end. You're
0: implying that the Holy Spirit's not inspiring that moment.
2: (laughs) It... Well, said Holy Spirit may be inspiring that moment, but... I don't think it was written by the original person. Anyway, this next segment, whatever that segment is, is brought to you by Opt Outside West Coast IPA from Chapman Brewing in Orange, California. Dude. If you're in the vicinity, come to the Orange Curtain, Orange, California, the surrounding Anaheim, even like into um, Riverside and the, the Inland Empire, the IE. There is a great craft beer scene.
1: Yeah, it's and this beer is
2: great. I've never had it this before. This is very
1: good. I think that yeah, this one's and Jeff's off the wagon. That's I, what, I just fell off the wagon for. Chapman beer. I'm a sucker for
0: a West Coast IPA, and this is delicious. And it has all oh Summit hops. I don't know what Summit hops are, but I'm into it. It's where Jeff lives. That's at the summit. At the summit. Yeah,
2: just growing those hops, <laughs> ingesting him, putting him into his blood. Actually, anally, you really get the okay. best. So do you, Andy, <laughs> this, do, you, do you have a question for us? I do
0: have a question. We were going to try to do this up front, but we'll put it's it at the back end. That's okay. <laughs> That's what he right? said. Yeah. What? If you were... <laughs> he almost did Kamala cackle. <laughs> if you were to get a... I had two versions of this that I wanted a word. If you were to get a tattoo oh, of a... Present day or biblical figure, spiritual, who would it be mm. and where would you get it?
2: So we're thinking like a face? Something you know where
0: are we recognizable? What I'll do is I'll allow you to design your tattoo right now. Well, mine would be a stick
2: figure because that's about all I can tell me. <laughs> no, to. no, no.
0: You can describe it. Remember, you have a you have a, the most talented tattoo artist you can imagine will put this on your body wherever you want it. And it is a biblical or current day spiritual figure. What's the tattoo? Where is it? And who is it of?
2: I will give you the first thing that pops into my mind. I don't know what I would want, or I don't know how it would be done, but it would be Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's the first thing. There is a lot of Jesus-y wisdom. Oh, you're in serious. Sorry Gandalf laughing. says, yeah. Well, I was laughing at myself <laughs> when it, that popped in my head. I'm like, that's going to be my answer. Um, otherwise, if it was biblical- uh, What
0: would you get, Retton and Elven around the edges of it? Uh, I would have- Actually, I would How I many think, sides of the, of the I, Dungeons and Dragons dice would you be we? I would choose
2: orkish, Andy, and I'll tell you why. I'm glad you asked. Instead of elvish, orkish is or no, what if I do ooh, the black tongue. Let's get even nerdier. The tongue that shouldn't even be spoken, the black tongue from the Gates of Mordor, but is that it would from be, the Harry Potter what I would do is take some of that Badass wisdom that Gandalf has to give us, which is inspired by bigger things than the actual story, as I'm sure J.R.R. Tolkien would say.
0: Him and C.S. Lewis were buddies. Yeah. Close buddies. Actually, C.S. Lewis brought him to the Lord. They both had letters for first names.
2: Yeah. Just letters. Yeah. And actually, they got in an arm wrestling match with George R.R. Martin, and I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say extra J.J. Abrams. Yeah, J.J. Abrams was there. It's your turn. R.C. Sproul, I think. R.C. Sproul got an invite, but he couldn't make it because it wasn't predestined. But
1: it would be in the black
2: tongue. I don't know what it would say, but it it would be some of the wisdom from that movie. And where would it be? What would the wisdom be? And it would be, but it would be like the good wisdom. So it would be redeeming a language that the good guys couldn't speak because it was so angry.
0: Run, you fools.
2: Yeah. It's fly, you fools! But <laughs> uh, I, I, at least I think so. You're not as nerdy as me, so fly, you fools. They had feet, and but my biblical one would be Peter. Something regarding Peter, and it would be of Peter fucking up somehow. It would be the denial. Like there's something about Peter's story about how he's still he still plays a role in spite of all of his worst denials. I really identify with that.
0: Dang, man! I'm gonna I'm gonna inject two songs from the same album that I recorded with my buddy John into this into this episode. There's one for the uh, for the Ecclesiastes, "Rain Falls on the Right and the Wicked," and then there's another one. Cephas was also Peter's name, and we did one of those songs called Cephas.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna insert them. My name is Cephas. Oh, Cephas from Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg. You know that was the name of the ship. Did you say Marv Wahlberg? Yeah, Marv Albert. I'm Wahlberg. Uh, What about um, you guys? uh, So you it could be anything biblical. It could be a
0: biblical figure or a modern day. Okay. So 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 Zach immediately immediately broke the rules. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) By choosing neither, (laughs) because nobody puts Zach in a corner. He got Gandalf. Pole dancing on his butt crack, <laughs> oh my God. which by the way you didn't say where it was going to be. Hold on, where is it going to be? I did not. Let's go. Gonna... Let's go inner thigh. And that's wrong. I Can don't you know. describe
2: it a little more? Actually, how about my IT band? Where is outside he going to be the holding thigh. the staff? Outside thigh. Outside thigh.
0: wait. Inside thigh. Outside holding... thigh. Oh, outside what's, thigh. Yeah, okay. and what's he doing? Yeah, I just hold it. I don't know yet. Yeah. You, you, you need to think this through because we're you, getting these tattoos next week. I've already <laughs> I've already booked the time and paid for it.
2: I gotta look up the black <laughs> tongue.
1: Okay. Before I forget. Maybe you don't want to do that. So do <laughs> either Google of that. you for do either before I answer, do either of you have tattoos? You know this answer. I do. Mine's very meaningful. Okay. okay. I don't. It's a two trees. Okay. All right. So I will never get a tattoo. Ooh, but um, if you were, if you were, it would be a serpent. and It would be on my heel. Oh,
2: oh. Uh,
1: uh, shouldn't it be under your foot?
0: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I it's un- biting. I'm is. sorry, though.
2: Like on your heel, like yeah, like underneath. underneath. Oh, right. so you're literally? No, yeah. no.
0: said this. That's a uh, the serpent shall bite your heel, and uh, right. That's uh Genesis.
2: Yeah, but then the serpent gets crushed. Head of the serpent. That's what right. you're thinking, right? right. Head like of the serpent. You're crushing the
0: serpent.
1: Right. It would kind of be semi decapitated with blood. Which means you would get
0: a serpent You get a tattoo on the bottom of your foot.
1: That's right. Which would be
0: amazing for the first 10 days or so of until it wears off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in this scenario, you need to always get it touched up.
2: But you're not a oh. hobbit.
0: So you wouldn't need to shave the bottom of your foot, which is nice. It's a good feature. All right, that's that's not the biblical All right, I didn't see that one coming. So you would get a snake tattooed on the bottom of your foot? Yeah, and it's I more, I don't hate it. I no. thought
1: of I thought of everything and then I thought You thought of this, everything. I thought of like all the biblical figures. I bet you didn't think of mine. No, no, no. All of what I would choose and I went through I got some it. of the apostles, Jesus, Moses, there were many people I thought of in a moment, and then I thought, "Crushing, crushing the serpent." And uh, oh my gosh, that was I'm, it. I'm
0: gonna, it. It also. I'm fits... gonna self edit the Moses one right now. I'm not gonna say what I was thinking.
2: I think you should, given nope. the fact that you said that you have to. I'll tell it's, you in all. I'll... it's in the
0: bylaws. It's in the freaking bylaws, and you have to speak it now. Well, you know,
1: the burning bush. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Am I right? <laughs> Jeff's looking at us I like, what are you fire? talking
1: about? No, no, no. I've got you.
0: Yeah. But. Sorry. Are you doing the Sorry, Mom and Dad. Bush? I know you listen to the podcast. Moses.
2: <laughs> You're not that sorry. It's biblical. The bush was burning. It shall not. It's burning, but it's not consumed.
0: Now we know where it's located. Yep. Continue. Uh, wait, me? Is that it? Are you done? I was done. All right, let's get oh, to Andy. I was going to get Mark Driscoll riding a broomstick on my uh, tramp stamps location, but you guys went very different directions. <laughs> That is exceptional. <laughs> I'm
2: kidding. Say more. Go but I ahead. thought it
0: would be great because it's ridiculous. It would be great. This yeah. is the shock and awe part of
1: the yeah. Podcast. No, but it'd be Both more
2: appropriate thing. though. And if you know enough about Mark Driscoll, you'll probably know where I'm going and forgive me. But I'm not that sorry. Uh, the broomstick is his penis, and he's holding it, and that's what he is riding. Um, in a throwback to one of his comments about if you're if you look it in the mirror while doing certain activities as a man by yourself that you are committing a homosexual act and it tickles me to think of Mark Driscoll we in will, that position on your <laughs> lower yeah. back.
1: We're going to edit that out. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. Okay. What's your real answer?
0: Um. Know, I know it was my question. I only have to excuse silly. me for one minute. Answers. Okay. Jeff's getting excused for a minute. His, just one minute, but I'll be listening. All right, you'll be listening. Tune in. So will God. Yeah. No, I only thought of a silly answer. I have I have my tattoo. I actually don't feel like I need to get another tattoo.
2: Which is probably pretty rare. I do have a little bit of... Um, I don't have any tattoos. I think if I never get... A, I'm not against tattoos. It just hasn't happened because I'm a world-class procrastinator. <laughs> There's a little bit of... Of me that thinks if I got a tattoo, it would lead to a lot more tattoos.
0: There's it's, a window.
2: And so I thought about, so if if you get a tattoo and then you wait long enough, you're, if you you're wait, safe.
0: Yeah, if you wait long enough, you're safe. But there's a there's a window where when you get it, it's like, okay, yeah, well, we can just do this now because we've done this. Right. I don't know why I'm speaking as if I'm a collective. You, you are a
2: tattoo artist.
0: There's there's many of us here involved. Yeah. He is Look, legion.
2: Uh, if you're listening, he is legion and there are many of him. Yes. So
0: I think, um, yeah, no, there, there, that there's some, there's some psychology that's involved there that eventually, like, if you can just hold it out, you'll be fine. And you don't need to do that on the flip side. I know far too many people who have gotten the first one. They're like, well, I've broken the seal and let's go do a bunch of other ones, which, I think that there's a decreasing relationship to the quality of the tattoo and the, uh, quantity. The more you get, the worse they get.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not anti tattoo. I do think there is a part of me cause I'm a little bit nonconformist, uh, is that, that thinks stay pure. S- tattoos stay are so cool. Uh, no tattoos is the new tattoo and I'm waiting for the moment where people see no tattoos on you and there's a little bit of like wait what's this guy about so so we were at watch yourself around him kids he doesn't have
0: tattoos (laughs) (laughs) you're questionable (laughs) this guy's sketchy look at him his skin is clean (laughs) it hasn't been invaded yet we should be concerned about him uh we were at the local outdoor mall recently and noticing that there was a, I caught like mm, I feel like it was almost generational, but I think the there's there's a the tattoo may have a waterline that that of of age right now, and I noticed a lot of people where I was like I don't see any visible tattoos on these people. All right, that and I felt like that was a good thing, and I'm not trying. I'm not saying that I don't like. The tattoo that I got. Mine was very meaningful. My wife and I got it. And we thought about it for literally 10 years. So.
2: And is it identical?
0: Uh, they're almost, almost identical. The only difference is I got the. Yours it, has a penis. Yeah. And that's the difference <laughs> really. Because, <Okay. laughs> you know. Men and women, we got biological. I feel like
2: there's a, a burning bush comment. But got- I won't. I'm not gonna make it. Some Boys way, have a
0: penis. Girls have a vagina. We got uh, we got anatomically correct trees <laughs> <laughs> tattooed on our shoulders. Uh, no, the story is uh, the the 15 second version. Uh, we met in Santa Barbara. Started dating Santa Barbara. In as you're driving into Santa Barbara, there are two trees that exist that. As you're driving in, they have these like weird curves, and they follow each other's curves. Are they and, and acacia, can, acacia trees? Occasionally, Uh nice. No, they're not. But you can you can't tell it's two trees until you like start to pass them, and then you can see the two trunks. Mm. So it's pretty cool. So we've we took a picture of it. We had a tattoo artist um, tattoo it on the both of us. So it's the a little of the uh, two becoming one, and mm. it was oh um, nice. I like it. Yeah. So that was that was the tattoo that we'd talked about and thought about for ten years before we ever got it. So it's both it, they're both on your shoulders. Mine's on like the front shoulder and Lindsay's kinda on the back of her shoulder.
2: Now now you don't have to answer this, but I have to ask. Do you guys ever like rub the tattoos together as part of foreplay?
0: <laughs> no, but we get special powers when it happens. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I knew there was something. They light up. <laughs> if they get closer, they glow blue. Oh, does your Especially bil- if there's orcs nearby. That's <laughs> does a your biblical
1: figure just show up on yeah. your tattoos? Yeah, all of a
0: sudden, like, Mark Driscoll's climbing up the tree. I'm like, what is going <laughs> on? On his broom. <laughs> on his broom. He's cutting the tree down to make his broom. It's gross. <laughs> you can imagine what? that. It's what you want. So it
2: is wood.
0: Uh, okay,
2: so I have a question. All right. You guys ready for like one more segment?
0: All right, let's do it. This is the
2: final segment. The final Final.
0: segment. (laughs) Uh, Our (laughs) audience, audience,
1: feel free to grab a Mountain Dew right now and drop the beer. Get that pep going.
2: All right. If you think about what the Bible has to say about hearts, if I were to say the heart is, oh, what what do you think of the heart is? What?
0: Oh man. What
2: is the heart?
0: Are you guys? Yeah. Are you drawing I, a blank? No, I'm not. I, oh, I, then I, I have it. one chambered, but I'm going to wait a little no, bit. No, you're not. Actually, I want to make.
2: He I, jumped I out. I almost called you Scott. Uh, he Jeff, jumped what's out. your
1: name? How dare you? That's blasphemy. He, podcast blasphemy. Blast of me. Blast of the Holy Blas- Spirit. Blast of me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even answer the. Last quote your own question. I did. You I did. I said
0: Mark Driscoll riding a broom on my tramp stamp area. Okay, you're answering first. I answered first last time. The heart is deceitful.
2: Now, what's your oh, answer? Oh man. What's your answer? And Jeff? actually,
0: I I often
1: the, I do believe that. The the I har- might change your mind. The right heart now. the heart is what God is after.
2: Okay, do you think that's in the Bible? I don't care. Okay, I love that. <laughs> I love that about you, Jeff. You
0: (laughs) asked me, "What do I?" You asked me to respond. The question was like gospel card in a Jeff
1: biblical, like you saying biblical when I say the heart is. Yes, and Andy
2: played by the rules. Although I am attracted to your non-rule rule rule following, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Uh, So good. The verse is, "Oh, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it?" Hate you, Andy. Now, this was taken from a blog post. It's
0: the biblical.
2: I'm poaching from a friend of the podcast, multiple and future guests.
1: Fought up. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Can we guess? Friend of the podcast. Sure. Has been on the podcast? Yeah. J. Thomas Ord. Thomas J. Ord, but no. Him too. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: I didn't let you finish.
1: Uh, Justin Blank.
2: Oh, good try. Keith Giles. Does Justin Blink
1: have a blog? No. He, yeah, he did. He had a he had a phys, or a uh, video blog. blog. No, he had a video blog. He physically blogged.
2: So this is uh, basically person. it's from a blog post: "How Your Bible
1: Is Lying to You" by Keith Giles. Oh yeah, Justin would never have written that.
2: No, but his first example is that verse that's translated. It's, it's drawn from the Masoretic text of the Old Testament, which came several hundred years after the Septuagint text.
0: Which and, most people don't know is where the original designs for the Maserati came from. This is which correct. is uh Which saw a resurgence in the mid-2000s. That's Continue. Right. You could have said the
1: mid-20-aughts. Just want everybody to know that Annie was m- eyeballing me the entire time that he was... Saying all of those profound words in my face because he knew I have no idea what, <laughs> what is a, <laughs> going on. What is, is a true. Maserati?
2: But the Maserati what? text of the Old Testament—it came several hundred years after the, after the Septuagint—and Jesus and Paul and the other apostles would have drawn from the Septuagint for their translations. So it it translates uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine. Um, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure beyond oh cure is that biblical who can understand it that is from your bible most likely depending oh. on the translation and this is the verse that gets yeah. used by a lot of calvinists and i mean i've i've used it too i think there's there's truth, truth? in it yeah um but it, it it it's weighed super heavily by calvinists or reform types because it's like your heart is totally depraved. You can't do anything about it, um, and you, you deserve eternal punishment. Uh, you're totally depraved. There is no, nothing good about you in yourself, basically. And they use that verse to, to, uh, to do that, but I'll read just a section. He says, Now most of us who have grown up in the church know this one by heart. We've all been told over and over again how we cannot trust our own mind and how our own thoughts are not to be trusted because, as this verse seems to address, uh, stress, the human heart is deceitful above all.
0: Whoa, pause. Here. Can I pause you? Yeah. He just uh, conflated heart and mind. Oh, thoughts.
2: Yeah, but uh, but is the
0: heart and mind different? Yes, 100%. Does... Are they connected? Yes, but are they okay. different? Yes. Okay. And Keith That seems Giles,
2: like that would be a huge conversation to dig into that I am afraid of uh, doing right now. But oh, keep going.
0: I for sure believe that. Yeah, I would love Keith Giles in the room, and I think Keith Giles would would agree to that as well. When, when
1: people, people yeah, say, "Where you know, like, how's your heart?" It's your thoughts, then. But it's so, basically no.
2: you are wicked. Your heart is
1: wicked. Why does it at say, core, love the Lord your God with all your heart,
0: soul, mind, and strength? It makes differentiations ah, between those gosh, things.
1: darn it, Andy, you win again.
2: But yeah, because there's, getting at like a lot of different things, and that's true, but regardless, the heart is deceitful. Yes. And so...
0: Which I bet there's a translation that says the heart can be deceitful.
2: But... Is that really what the text says? I'm reading again. Or was this verse altered in some way between the time of Jesus and this much later translation? Well, if we turn to the Septuagint for the same verse, we find a much different message. No. The heart is deep beyond all things, and it is the man. Even so, who can know him?
1: My brain just blew up. Is the man... Basically, like, the heart, like, I think that makes sense,
2: like, heart and soul, when you think of, like, that guy has heart, like, there's, like, an essence, like, a like his being is his heart, like, the heart, it's like, you're trying to describe, like, right. the heart of the matter, who is somebody, that's what I thought of when I heard the heart <sighs> is the man, but.
0: I don't have my phone to.
2: Oh, okay. to bring up your faulty translations again. I got it. <laughs> Let me turn to second hesitations. Now, we are not, we're obviously speechless here. starting to land the plane. Right. And this could be a teaser for future talk about the differences in translations. It'd probably
1: be good with Scott here.
0: Um, no, shut up. I went to Bible school. Shut up, Jeff. Well, but
1: I mean, for arguing. The point being in circles, the
2: point being translation is tricky. And translators have agendas. That doesn't always mean bad, but...
0: You're assuming that God can't use those.
2: That's not what I said. You're doing an excellent Scott right now by saying something I never said, which was terrific. I appreciate that.
0: You know what the word imply means.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's man... I think it's only... The translation's (laughs) only bad when it goes from Mandarin to English, but I think from from, uh, Greek to English is just fine. Anyway... Hmm.
2: but people translate things oh, for sorry. different reasons. My wicked
1: heart, I just... Ah, gosh.
2: Now, yeah. without going into a breakdown, because I don't have it, the original languages in front of me, breakdown. I'm taking uh, Keith Giles at his word, and that's only the beginning of his article. Keith, how could you? But he's due for another episode. We'll get him back on. He's a fun guy, but my point is, when you're reading your Bible and something's super confusing, it's possible... That something is lost in translation.
1: I agree. It's also possible. It can happen all the time.
2: It's not saying that. Now, this is not like, oh, the the one that Keith Giles mentioned from the Septuagint is more correct than the other. It's like it just, it's just to say it's complicated, and um, there's a lot of people, myself included, that grew up believing things about the Bible and really you're believing your the interpretation you were given by people that read certain translations upon translation upon translation over the years where the meaning can drastically change.
1: It's somewhat analogous to people's experiences and how they see the world around them or how they react. There are negative and positives and Someone could see a totally different picture than what you see, and translations of the Bible. and People key... at the
2: same people witnessing the same, same thing. thing can get You're... two totally different things out yeah. there. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Think, do you think that God can transcend that?
2: Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not even speaking to like how inspiration works among all of this. Can
0: God transcend people's alternate trans translations? I. What? Meaning, like, can he get his point across, even though you effed up the translation? Oh, uh, yes.
2: If Jesus self um, self self-sacrific- sacrificially going to his death, even though he didn't deserve it, is g- getting God's point across. I agree.
1: And sometimes that, however, may- oh, I sorry. do
2: not think that. Um, I I do not think the Bible is what our faith and hope and trust is in. The Bible speaks of God, and it's God's people telling their story, and growing and moving towards God, culminating in Christ. But if we look at the Bible as being the thing, we're missing the boat. The Bible is pointing to something. Yeah, it points to God. And uh, that that's where I'm at. So I'm not saying that, like what biblical inspiration is another, what that is, is another fascinating topic. And obviously this could be a teaser to jump off in a future episode because this is, uh, this right here, if Scott were here, at this point in the podcast, I would not have brought this up because, and this isn't a dig; it's because it's so the conversation goes so deep with this, and Scott is very different than myself that I probably would have saved it for a future episode, and maybe I still should have. But that's up to the listener to decide. Hey, yeah. Look at Zach.
1: Does he have a dumb and dumb and a haircut right now?
2: It's not down. It is down. <laughs> is it no? It's a no. Little, it's you mean a little like a Lloyd hockey? Christmas thing?
1: No, he's fine. He's good.
0: No, it, that would be like. Yeah.
1: No, okay. It was close. I'm huh? not
2: wearing a hat.
1: Yeah. And I feel vulnerable. You're very vulnerable, especially the way I'm speaking to you.
2: Yeah. Now I feel extra <laughs> vulnerable.
1: I The idea of transcending like, uh, oh, we got, it, we got it wrong, but absolutely, we could travel through making decisions to the point where we thought we knew the translation or we thought we were doing right, but we end up doing wrong, which I... Honestly, I don't know how. I mean, I know how people can do that, but how you would not know you were seeing or hearing incorrectly. I have a problem with people like, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. It's like, yeah, but isn't that wrong? Like, wouldn't God be like, what are you doing? It's a little, I have ultimately in the end. We see the light, hopefully. If we're not, we're not even resting on it being present at all to ask God, like, is this is this good and true? Can I walk back my statement a little earlier where
0: I sort of rebuked you and your and your uh, You're asking con- permission? Con- Wait, hold on. Is is Andy repenting right now? Well, you're my my when I said or implied that you were conflating
1: heart and mind? But that was Wait, go Can ahead. I walk
0: that back a little bit.
2: Oh, you said that about Keith Giles. Oh. I, th- I think. Keith Giles. I did Usu- say that. About usually Keith Giles. Jeff is the one conflating things that don't need to be conflated, but you know, we'll
0: talk about it. I'll read let me read the context of that verse. And I think I think I agree with this because there is it, the wheel, I just, think there is and should be a deep connection between yeah. the heart and the mind. The wheels are down; they're not the, on approach. They're not the same thing, but they are, uh, but they are deeply connected. So the context of that verse is: it's the sin and punishment of Judah. Uh, and I'll I'll read from the Bible.
1: Well, he was an asshole. So, oh, Judah. this is our bro's Bible, right? This we got is our Bible e. part. Here yeah. we
0: go. Got the E and the Bible part. He's <laughs> like a tree. Tra- Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Talking
3: is difficult.
0: He's like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots towards the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes and its leaves are always green. It does not worry in a year of drought, nor does it cease to produce fruit. That's the setup. I
2: want to go to there.
0: The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I examine the mind to reward a man according to his way by what his deeds deserve. So. Oh, so now we're prosperity gospeling.
2: That's what that sounds like.
0: Or. Or. Or you could connect it to the very first part. Man, this what an ordained conversation we've had, guys. Yeah. Uh, The very beginning, which is connected to God's, God's wrath or lack of that which is um, I think the reverse of receiving God's wrath is the reward the rewards of following like his guidance and for our lives when you when you're following God's guidance for your lives I don't think this is that controversial even if you don't believe in God if you follow the things that he describes in the Bible um, your life will probably turn out pretty good, and you may be an accidental Christian.
1: That's where Scott chimes in. But continue.
0: I don't think I uh, would. Uh, oh, so, Scott uh, so is bringing the hammer. Do you think on that Scott would phrase. argue that if you did the things that were in the Bible, that you that bad things would happen to you? He would. Well, if you follow, I'm him? not exactly well, sure where he would go with that. There's a lot of bad things
2: in the Bible, so if you do those things, those are I bad. Know. I, I, I agree with you though, Andy. I think, uh, well, let me project onto you what comes to my mind is in First John, or I don't remember if it's First John, but where he talks about love, where there is love, there is God. Uh, that universal truth just keeps me, keeps that faith train rolling for me, which is where there is love, there is God. So no matter how it looks, no matter what label it bears, where there is true self-sacrificial love and help for the other, um, that's where God is. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit scary for, you know, I'm for my conservative self in the past, like that, that phrase would scare me because it's too open. It's too vulnerable. You want, you want things to be like, Oh no, this is the Christian thing. This is, this is the correct thing. But I think we missed the point, and we miss uh, where really good things are happening, where God is moving in circles that are not "quote unquote" Christian, where there is true love happening and true service happening. Um, so I, th- I think that ties in a little bit, although I took that a little more than what you you said. But I tr- I tried I projected a little bit, but
0: I'll put I'll put the follow up questions in a. In my pocket for a future episode because I think we can go down a long trail of that of like oh for sure Jesus Jesus uh, statements of um, he who believes in me uh, will have everlasting, All right. everlasting life next time right because uh, maybe that isn't believing like I am the way the truth and the life but yeah if God is love and
2: love is the way. There's some uncomfortable connections. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. Everybody, please uh, buckle your seatbelts. We are on approach. Uh, Zach, what are you consuming?
2: Oh man, I I watched a couple of movies with the kids that are like, oh, well, with one kid, one kid was
0: you made g- mistakes. Parental was camping.
2: Mistakes. I made parental mistakes. It was actually fun with with both kids. We watched Airplane. You know the classic <laughs> comedy uh rated PG
0: <laughs> but if you don't already know the deepest of P's and the deepest <laughs> of G's
2: yeah when uh, it's a PG and it comes from the 80s you might get random boobs for no reason or you know there's there's plenty of stuff in there where it's like oh today this would have been a hard PG-13
0: those sensors
2: Maybe didn't know are. what was coming right like an airplane during one of the one of the turbulence scenes, like the people are like, "Oh my god, things are happening, and we're in the plane, and oh my gosh, things are happening." Just ran, like a random woman, just <laughs> topless, like jumps in front of the camera for a second and a half, jumping up and down, and then jumps to the side. Yeah. And uh, PG nineteen eighty one. The the girls looked at me. I didn't want to make a big deal of it. like right. It's not. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think it needs to be like, oh my God, naked naked flesh. Like, Let's put a complex in your head that a woman's body is dirty and bad and you shouldn't see We're turning see
0: this it. TV off right now. Right. Hold on.
2: So I just kind of like let it ride. I, I knew something like that was happening, but I couldn't quite remember because it's been so long since I watched that. Yeah. But I warned them it was stupid and most of their laughing was of the variety of when they laugh at my worst dad jokes <laughs> where they're like, Haha. but you know it's like, Bless your heart, Dad. That's kind of how
1: they left at that movie. Nice. Jeff? What am I consuming? Um, Oh, I took your word for it, Zach, and I went and watched White Lotus. I thought you were going to say 30 Rock. Mm. No. Um, I actually watched it with Tanya, and we're through two episodes because the new one came out last time. You were the one who... I haven't enough. seen the second. Okay. I said there was one. So right. Far. So we watched. We watched the second one last. First and second one last night, and I'm intrigued. My, I don't think. I don't think my wife is so much on board with watching, but she's like, well, it's gotten started, and I know they they threw something out at the very beginning, so I want to know what they tease happened. you that somebody's missing. Right. Boop, Everyone. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I'm not giving it. No, it's not spoilers. But, but, There's no spoilers. It's, uh,
2: it's uh, right, it. right, right, right at the beginning of right it is rain. Uh, it's an HBO series, it. and it's kind of a, a murder mystery ish right. thing and a little dark comedy. It's very intriguing, uh, but it's like right at the right off the bat, they're like, okay, somebody's somebody's Dude. murdered, and then it goes back two weeks later, and it shows different. People, different people that don't know each other arriving at this resort in Hawaii. Yeah.
1: It's like Fantasy Island. Yeah. If you're 1980s. Uh, but one thing that stood out to me are the two teenage girls who they are playing out as, if anybody have has ever seen tr- the movie Traffic. I thought Years, you were going to say Tron. No.
2: I did too. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I did too. I was Traffic. thinking teenage girls in Trump?
1: Where you have uh, like wealthy know, dude, people Trump and their Trump. kids are off the rails. And there's just these two teenagers that have packs of of like pharmaceuticals. And they just start pulling them out left and right. Like, oh yeah, what do you want to do this? you want to do this? I'm like, man, just this is charred teenage living. Is that how kids are? I'm like, this is not, this is horrible. This is a horrible picture. I mean, there's obviously truth to it, but man, out of the entire show so far, out of two episodes, there's a lot going on. And I'm like, these two teenage girls are like, they're like 16, somewhere in there, 17. They are just, their cynicism and life is just a bunch of crap. And we can only do drugs because there's no purpose. I feel like Man. there
2: there might be a comeuppance coming for them later on. It's my guess.
1: Don't watch the movie Brick, filmed in San
0: Clemente, where you live. Wait, Brick was make- in San Clemente. Did you yeah. say Brick? Brick.
2: Yeah. Brick yeah. lives in San Clemente. <laughs> Hi, Brick.
0: I
1: hung out with <laughs> I hung out with Brick today. Not Andy. That, not that Brick. Side notes. Oh, what?
0: Um, hey, what? I. We oh, uh, tomorrow. Mean not that brick. The Tomorrow War, there's a movie brick and there's a person brick. There are different things. I like bricks. Oh, okay. It's a thing, too. Just in general. Bricks are objects. Uh, The Tomorrow <laughs> War on Prime Video. Oh,
1: I watched that, too, Andy. I watched that, too. You told me to watch it. I watched it. Yeah.
0: Now, listeners, you could watch it, too. It's good, huh? It's fun. It's, it's, an, it's an entertaining movie with Chris Pratt and...
1: What's what's really funny
0: is that it's fit, Chris Pratt. Like, why
1: does my wife want to sit around and watch this with me? And she keeps gawking it. If you're looking for Chris
2: Pratt from Mouse Rat,
1: dude, he takes off his
2: shirt, and I'm like,
1: oh, I'm so out of shape. I'm sorry, my wife. I'm so sorry. I don't look like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's so hot.
2: (laughs) Wow, we need to talk about
1: that in a future episode. (laughs) He's like 40 and he's ripped ripped it's possible jeff you're not 52 yet i'm a gym teacher though
0: so i watched that and i thought it was good
1: oh i forgot i liked it
0: and and my wife was gone so i watched i think i watched that your wife
1: was gone what were you watching
0: venom was the other one okay i watched i watched violent action movies that i was like no one's gonna enjoy this while the kids are gone venom and, oh, that uh, reminds me.
1: And Venom was good too. I don't even know what that is. Where where would I where would I find Venom besides a snake video. on my
0: heel? On Prime Video. This section of the podcast has been brought to you by
1: Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Dude, uh, to
2: use a term I, I, well, you watch Venom and that reminds me I watched uh I watched Joker when I was by myself. Ooh. Everyone was out of the house. I had not seen the Joker yet. I told and you my Joker
1: story so good.
2: Yes. Yes. Bile. I will never watch that movie again, I don't think, and I'm okay with that. To. Yeah, you
0: don't need to. But no.
2: at the same time, it's good. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. It was well done.
1: Who did Trump hands with the, that? Wow, the guy, okay. the guy,
2: uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. I almost said Heath Joaquin Ledger. Phoenix. Joaquin Dude, Phoenix. Amazing. Act, he his acting, dare I say, balls to the wall. Absolutely. Like he acted his ass off and uh but it's disturbing, and a lot of you have probably seen it. I don't need to see it again. I'm okay with that.
0: For the listener, my Joker experience was the wife and I went to go watch it in theaters. Pre-pandemic. And right at the moment where the Joker commits his very first murder. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The Joker commits murder. He likes killing people. Uh, Right as he does that, All the lights and the screen go black in the whole theater right at that moment. And I'm saying- Did anybody scream? No. Oh. But like, you guys remember 10 years ago in in Colorado, Colorado, yeah, there was a Batman movie and someone went in and shot up the theater.
2: And I think there was, I don't know if it was previous to when you saw Joker, but it was when Joker came out in theaters, there was an incident at a theater that turned out to be not- a thing but it was like kind of like your moment where the lights go out it was like people started to flood to the exit because it was like it oh was my weird. god yeah. another one of
0: these and it was weird because you think as like when you read back when you read those accounts happening you're like oh i would have been so much smarter in that moment i would have totally did, done all the bear grills related things and gotten myself out of it with my survival skills right and but- in reality you're like i is so is there an appliance? come in! turn on the lights? What's, when is this This better s- not mean that the air conditioning is out. Like, somebody make sure I it need, cool. Can I get a re- refund for this? Because this is really interrupting my experience. It really blow, broke up my flow. I was in the moment, and now I'm not in the moment. Can we start it all over?
1: I feel like I'm around 20-year-olds that just had their first Dozeckis, their first beer, <laughs> and they are off. The rocker.
0: So what ended up (laughs) happening was that uh, after like a a minute and a half, which feels like an eternity, an employee came in, stuck their head in, and kind of looked around for a little bit and was getting ready to leave. And I could see that someone in the back row said something to them. And then the employee left. And we're all still sitting there. Waiting to be murdered. Waiting to be murdered. And then we turned around and said to the person, (laughs) (laughs) little Trump, the best murder of all the murders. And we turned around. We're like, what do we do? And the guy's like, I think we just leave. (laughs) (laughs) And we all just left. But that was terrifying.
1: That happened to us in I am legend. That's another
0: good one. I don't remember where it Uh, broke, but dude, I can't, you couldn't watch that movie now with your dog. Could you?
1: Yeah, I could. You could? You don't like your dog?
0: Kill that dog. (laughs) No, I don't want to kill my dog. (laughs) But uh, no. But he wouldn't mind if zombies killed his dog. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be okay. Yeah.
2: So we don't have the uh, feedback jingle queued up, but Jeff, do you want to do it? Okay, thank you.
1: Feedback. We do have a... Feedback. (laughs) Feedback. We do have a five-star Apple podcast review. What? Yeah, um? we we only t- we only do five star oh. from
2: Stephen Hawking's black hole. Holy
1: crap! No way. From the dead. I have an idea. Wait, Stephen is. Hawking's dead, right?
2: Now, the review is five stars. Now, with those five stars in mind, the review says
1: Ooh. seriously. Hold
0: on. Can I? Can I? That's can I,
1: foreshadowing of can, we're about to get our ass kicked. Can I
0: guess before? Can I give some sort of indicator before you even read this for the listener? Sure. I've never heard this. Okay. Does yeah. it say something about I've never heard the podcast yet? No. Okay.
1: Continue. Or you guys seem to wander. All right, go ahead. Or stay or not staying on topic. I'm sorry. Continue. No. When are you going to talk about Jesus, Jeff? Sorry, he. Continue.
2: Once again, this is a five star review. Stephen Hawking's black hole. Seriously, butthole jokes. So immature. Peter Culp. Oh!
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs>